Hi, I'm Dan Warner, and I'd like to invite you to join me and my psychedelic sidekick, Dr. Gonzo, on a musical exploration here on, and this one's introduced by, on community radio station 3CR. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by Dan Warner is another Melbourne musician with talent to spare, an artist who deserves to receive more than his pay grade rather than having to work outside the music industry to pay the rent. Having said that, Dan Warner has gifted us many great songs to hear and admire. Starting with the early 90s band, the Warner Brothers, the band had some success releasing albums and gaining support gigs with Sheryl Crow and Michelle Shocked. They were sued by the giant multinational conglomerate Warner Brothers Inc. and forced to change their name to Overnight Jones. After the band split, Dan played with Paul Hester's post-crowded house combo, The Largest Living Things, and lived in New York City for two years. Playing with fellow guitarist Al McKins as Dan and Al, the duo held down long residencies at several Melbourne venues, including eight years at legendary music palace The Punters Club on Sunday Arvos. Dan Warner was a recognisable voice on 3RRR Radio for 20 years with his segment Warner Corner, on Johnny Von Goh's Sunday Afternoon Show. Dan released his fourth solo album at the end of 2022 with his band The Night Parrots titled Maybe Then. Dan Warner joins Dr Gonzo to present the album Maybe Then on and this one's introduced by on Community Radio 3CR. Hi, my name's Dan Warner. I was, I'm actually from Perth so a lot of people confuse me with Dave Warner from the suburbs but I'm a little bit younger than Dave. I'm I'm happy to be confused with him, but I'm a little bit younger. Uh, I actually grew up just a couple of miles down the road from Ash Davies, so it's ironic that he ended up in my band many years later, but we'll get to that. But um, a lot of people might know me from years ago. I I moved to Melbourne in the 80s, and I ended up playing in an acoustic duo with with Jane Kennedy, actually, of the the D generation. And uh, we brought in a, a, in a young bass player, a guy called James Stewart, who was at the time playing in a rockabilly band uh, with Lisa Miller called the Hepileptics. And uh, he, we eventually, the, uh, Jane Kennedy eventually sort of left the duo and, and left me and James Stewart at, at, just together playing ostensibly an acoustic cover set in the pubs around Melbourne. But then, you know, James moved from the double bass to guitar. He sort of forced his way onto the guitar. Uh, and so James and I played, yeah, for many years. We started out playing, you know, covers of mainly American, mostly American music that we loved as kids. Not just not just American music, but Australian American music, I guess, like uh, you know the Dingoes and Cold Chisel and you know that kind of stuff. And um, I think James, because James was coming from a, a more rockabilly. Uh, background and I, but my stuff was more the stuff that I liked was more sort of Neil Young, Bob Dylan. But um, eventually he pulled me towards this country direction, and um, we we added a we added a, a rhythm section 
um, about two or three years into that project and, and people sort of jokingly started calling us the Warner Brothers because we didn't have a band name. And we, that band did play in the country sort of rockabilly scene for many years. You know, I remember supporting bands like Rocket 88 and the Crummy Cowboys. And Ed Bates actually became a bit of a mentor for us back in those days. So, so the band eventually released a, a record back in 1992 called Talking In Your Sleep and uh, the song Stuck In Melbourne did pretty well. We got some lots of community radio airplay, lots of support on 3CR, I remember, and lots, lots of support on Triple R and PBS. And then it got picked up by Triple J. And then the, the, big, the big American company, the Warner Brothers, heard us and didn't like the fact that we were uh, using their name. So there was this long involved um, you know, legal battle and we had, to cut a long story short, we changed our name to Overnight Jones and uh, released two records. We got signed to Polygram and we released two records as Overnight Jones. But we never really felt like we were the same. We were the same band, but after we changed our name, we never really felt that we were the same band, and neither did our fans for some reason. So, so we, we disbanded after the third album, and following that, I, I sort of I, I, I cast around for what I was going to do, and I'd, I'd been pretty good mates with Paul Hester down there in the St Kilda music scene where I live in Melbourne, and I ended up joining his post crowded house band the largest living things for a while and that, and that was a great experience um, there's actually a you know there's, a, there's actually a largest living things album out there somewhere that hasn't been released yet that I wouldn't mind getting my hands on uh, that's another story so but then after that um, I moved to America with the uh, the guitar player from that band and uh, Kevin Garant and we sort of tried to tried to crack it over there for a couple of years and I wrote lots of songs in America and then I, following that I decided to come back and record what I'd written so I, I relocated back to Australia and I started recording albums under my own name Dan Warner um, I released two records I think one was on Mick Thomas's Croxton record Croxton or probably both of those records on Mick Thomas's Croxton label and uh, I also at the, also at the time I, you, some people might have seen me play with Jan Anderson's um, silent film The Sentimental Bloke I also toured that with Dave Evans and Jan Anderson for many years so I'm sort of like a jobbing musician, I guess. I've been I've been around since the, uh, you know, as I said, the mid '80s, which dates me a bit. But uh, but now I've um, uh, when I, when I was at Croxton Records, we were sent out on tour by Mick Thomas. The three three artists from Croxton Records were sent out on tour: myself and Sarah Carroll and a musician called Marcel Borak. And we all hit it off pretty well. And Marcel, he's a a lot of your listeners will probably know Marcel's work, but he's a also a great producer so we hit it off and he started producing my records and then after my third album we decided that I really needed a change of direction for this new one I've just released a new record called Maybe Then um, and we decided that I really needed my own band after all these years because I the Warner Brothers really was James Stewart's project and whenever the, whenever the Warner Brothers plays we pretty much play his songs but I've written hundreds of songs myself so we needed a band that would play my my songs, so uh, Marcel and I put together my new band, the Night Parrots, which consists of the two of us and a bass player called Nathan Farrelly and the great Ash Davies on drums. And we played we played around for a couple of years before we decided to, to record this new record, maybe then. So I, I feel like we we've we've really diverged away from the Warner Brothers and this. 
I don't know what what, what you would classify. You were about to hear. We're about to hear the songs, so I don't know what sort of genre you'd classify. But it's definitely not alt country. It's got a more. It's more like the band, or it's a bit. More, it's got a bit more breadth in it, I think, and a bit more space in it than a lot of the old sort of frantic Warner Brothers stuff. But um, so we we were recorded maybe then. I wrote twenty. I wrote twenty songs for the project during the lockdown, and uh, Marcel pared them down to. 11 or so he doesn't he doesn't like my long-winded bob dylan sort of songs he if it's song if a song goes over four or five verses it's cut in myself mind so so he's really tailored this record to be something new for me it's it's it really is a it's a it's a distinctly band record it's it's got yeah as i said it's got a lot of space in it and it's got a lot of it's not jazz i don't know what it is you'll have to listen to it yourself and decide but but it really suits my my lyrical songwriting i think um and just to the first track um, on the record, which really has got a fair bit of airplay, I'm really pleased about that because this and this first track really does set up. If you hear when you, once you hear it, it really sets up what you're what you're going to hear uh, in the rest of the record. It's it really sets up the flavour of the record. So I really hope you like this first one. Uh, the song's called "Every Moon Is Blue." Um, just a bit of background on the song. Um, in the past years, I've, I've spent a lot of time in the north central part of victoria and it's it's not a part of the country that you that you find on the covers of the shiny tourist brochures um the towns the towns in the hills up there between the sort of between the regional railway lines they're quite cut off and you get the impression that the people who live in those towns like it that way it's sort of they like the nondescriptness if there's such a word um they like the sort of blending in the hiding you get the feeling that there's some sort of hiding from the past um but no matter how hard you try to forget, those, those same memories keep repeating in your head over and over and over. Trucks, bro. 
So the first song you just heard was a co-write with Marcel Borak, who I talked about before. Um, this second song, The Lady on the Water, is another co-write um, with the band's guitarist producer, Marcel. Um, we, had no, we had no set approach or system for the songs we co-wrote for Maybe Then, but on, on this occasion, Mars wrote music to my lyrics. There were lyrics I'd written quite a long while ago. Uh, not long after I, I accidentally <laughs> left New York City, I say. Um, as I mentioned before, I lived there between 2000 and 2002. So so the lyrics for The Lady on the Water had been completed a while ago when I was living in New York. Um, and they were set out like a poem and tucked away somewhere. Um, and usually if I finish the lyrics to a song before writing any music to them, I find it almost impossible to push my way back in. Um, and these lyrics were wrapped pretty tight with a rigid rhyme scheme as you'll hear so luckily Marcel could hear something in them and sort of fought his way in there and, and wrote a melody for it New York made you feel new again and you didn't mind the cold The winds blew through all those cross-town streets I 
And tore at all my winding sheets Like the skins of a Russian doll She's like the lady on the water Alone and proud and brave But all that she stood for Doesn't matter anymore Sunk like bronze into the waves The Brooklyn boys all called you Baby face As if you were their maid You kept your new name so warm To your chest As if it gave you permanence Just one light on the Broadway stage She's like the lady on the water Alone and proud and brave But all that she stood for Doesn't matter anymore Sunk like bronze into the waves Weekend work makes her feel old again She'd be warmer in real fur She stands alone in the parking lot And divided into equal parts Let's them drive all over her She's like the lady on the water Alone and proud and brave But all that she stood for Doesn't matter anymore Sunk like bronze into the waves As I mentioned before, I, I grew up in Perth. Um, well, I, we, I grew up all over Australia, really, because my old man was a print journo, so we'd always move wherever he got a job on a newspaper. Those days are gone now. So. But uh, for a good part of my life, you know, between probably my, sort of my primary school years, really, I was I was living in Perth, and it really had a big effect on me sort of growing up near the beach. It's quite idyllic particularly in the 70s so um, this next song Summer Out of Reach really sort of is, is a it's just me remembering those days and trying to trying to uh, piece together bits of my childhood really um, sort of during those bewildering three or four years that, that span the end of primary school and, and the early years of high school um, so yeah, we lived on the northern beaches there, up up near Scarborough, if you've if you've seen it. But it was this was I'm talking pre-America's Cup before it was developed. So this is the mid '70s, and that part of Perth really, in those days, still felt like Tim Winton land. <laughs> it's strange, you know, it's strange, uh, 
strange living parcels of your life somewhere and then suddenly leaving again um, all that scenery all that scenery in your memory sort of becomes it becomes cinematic really and all the friends that you had in those places seem like characters in a novel that you'd read they don't, they, everything sort of loses that you lose that sort of thread of reality when, when you move around a lot as a, as a kid so I guess the title really says it somewhere out of reach it's, and it's also sort of a place it's sort of like that bit of my childhood that's out of reach that I've lost contact with that I'm trying to reconnect with Can you see me watch 
reaching from this summer out of reach Oh, can you see me watching from this summer out of reach Oh, can you see me watching from this summer out of reach Oh, can you see me watching from this summer Yes, Dan Warner here. It's great to be, uh, and this one's introduced by uh, introduced by me today. Uh, I'm talking about songs from my my new record, maybe then by recorded by my new band, Dan Warner and the Night Parrots, which is a bit of a change in direction for me. And um, hopefully you're enjoying these songs. Um, the next one is a song called Daisy Likes Her Chains. <laughs> which uh, Marcel and I kind of liked the, the lyrical uh, lyrical idea there um, but we did wrestle over this, this song a bit um, in the end we, we did settle on this arrangement um, and it's one of those things I, we do to and fro so much on these songs I probably should give Marcel a, a writing credit but uh, <laughs> I didn't, didn't on this one but um, I, th- I think this song really catches the essence of the band really well um, it's it's very spacious and what you can probably hear when you listen to this song is that we recorded we recorded live um and then this one you can just hear i think this is sort of the essence of the band there's a lot of space in it um and what you can you can sort of i I think you can feel us listening to each other um and the the band just keeps it very simple and there's and there's a lot of space but the lyrical, I think the lyrical idea is this, I just, I got this one, I think I was riding my bike somewhere and I, I just had that idea, Daisy likes a change, and everything, everything came out of that lyric, so hopefully it's successfully sustained as, as an idea through a song, I really like this one. Daisy likes her chains All the flowers have been tied together I'm not perfectly arranged Daisy likes her chains She doesn't want any loose talk And she doesn't want anything to change Daisy likes her chains Daisy likes her chains She wears them like a crown Cause it took a long time to learn to win at this game Daisy likes her chains And though she 
likes a change. Likes a new name, baby. Likes a change. Seems so stiff and crazy. Likes a change. Sounds so innocent. Someone who likes to complain. Daisy likes a change. Just a weeds that tie to the dove from where she can watch the day. Hi, I'm Dan Warner, and you're listening to, and this one's introduced by, where the artist introduces tracks from their album here on 3CR. Listening to me chat about the tracks on my new record, Maybe Then, by, um, that I recorded with my new band, The Night Parrots. Um, the great thing about this record, too, was that it's the first time that I've ever released anything on vinyl, which, for a child of the 60s and 70s, that's... It's a long wait because I always imagined myself as a kid uh, releasing vinyl records and I grew up with vinyl records and I have a, a, a large vinyl record collection because that's when I started buying music in the, in the mid-70s. So I, I often think of albums and I, I don't know if it's just a generational thing but I, I, I think of albums in terms of side one and side two and and I just remember as, as a young, well, not just as a young person, but I just, I just love the, you know, the idea that the last track on side one, it's got to have a certain sort of feel. It's got to, it's got to make you want to turn the record over, because because you've got to physically get up and and swap it, swap the side over. So I think you, you, I always, I'm always interested in the way that records are ordered like that. And you know, similarly, the first song on side two or the opening track. So. The, the next song I'm going to talk about is actually the final song on side one of the vinyl. So it's track five on the on the CD, but it's um, it, the record is definitely... I definitely think of this record as a vinyl release, especially in terms of the track listing. Um, and so the, the interesting thing about this song, what I love, I always like mixing, messing with song form a bit. I don't want to get too technical, but... Um, one story I will tell was that when I was, I'm a rhythm guitar player, singer, um, really, that's what I do in, in a band, and I've always had to put up with these, these a lead guitarists all my life playing these lead breaks. <laughs> I, uh, Ed Bates, Ed Bates from the sports was playing in the in Overnight Jones for a while. We became great friends, and Ed Bates, is, as you will know, is a great guitar guitarist and, and pedal steel player. 
and a guitar teacher. So I went, I went to take some lessons from Ed and I sat down with him in his lounge room and I said, Ed, I really just want to learn how to play some lead breaks because I'm just sick of not playing lead breaks at gigs, you know. I, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a fine or a good, a good rhythm guitar player, but uh, I want to play lead break. And, he's, and Ed said, I'm not teaching you that. <laughs> I said, why not? He said, there were lots of guitar, there are lots of people out there who can do that, who, who can learn scales and play lead breaks, but there aren't many writers so what I will teach you to do is to be a better writer, and the way we will talk, well, the way we, I want you to think about songs is um, not just the lyrics of the songs, but the but the song form. In and what he meant by that was the part, the way that the parts of a song fit together. So he would take me back to listen to old jazz songs and 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 sort of instilled in my brain that there's, you know, the way that the verses and choruses work is not necessarily conventional and. You can mess with those forms a bit. So, uh, on my first solo record, I've got a song that's, you know, that doesn't hit. It's got two two distinct parts to it, but it doesn't actually hit the the one chord in the or the in the, the one chord that gives you the key of the song until the second half, which is an idea that Ed gave me. And also, so this this song, it's a long-winded way of me getting to this this last song on side one of maybe then. The song's called All Souls Day. Um, and it's one that Marcel and I really messed with the form a bit, and also thought, well, it is the last song on side one. What do we want to have there? What 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 do we want people to hear? What what's going to make them turn the record over? So, it's got a very short. It's a very short lyrical part at the start of the song. It sets up. It sets up the second half, which is a which is an Adam Simmons um, sax solo. <laughs> we love the saxophone too. We're trying to bring the saxophone back. Uh, so it's just it's just a very short, um, like poetic, just po- it's really a poem about All Souls Day, and it's a bit of bit of a ghost story really. And then the, and then the second half, it's it's sort of like you know the great gig in the sky, one of those songs that you hear at the end of side one. It's we really let Adam go, and and say what he wanted to say on the saxophone. So that that's that's I think it's my favourite song on the record um and it's that sax solo you just it just keeps climbing and climbing and climbing Saturday I'll sleep it away You can keep the kitchen Keep it warm all day Ring the bells for tea and cake Saturday 
This is Dan Warner here, and you're listening to my thoughts on on the show. This one's introduced by, um, thanks to uh, Dr. Gonzo for having me along this evening to talk about my new record, Maybe Then, um, with my band, The Night Parrots. So we're, we're about to move sort of onto the onto the side two part of the record. Um, and, uh, and as I said in the last, when I t- chatted about the last song, All Souls Day, I, I was thinking... What what do we need to what what do we need on the start of side two and and uh, this record to me it's also we've just sort of come out and 
written some songs that weren't a lot of my i've been accused in the past i don't know if you're familiar with my work but i've been accused in the past of being a bit too serious and a bit too lyrical and a bit too convoluted so this time we just wanted to write some songs that were a bit more accessible straight away um in a sort of you know in, in, a, in a traditional sort of rock and roll way that you can just you can enjoy the song just just on it on, on here on a first listen rather than have to you know wend your way through a song over several listens so so this first this this first song on side two is called flowering gum it's track six on the on the album track six on the cd um and you know there's i live in as i said i live in elwood and there's a in st kilda and there's 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 this ancient gum tree in the in the back car park of this block of flats i live in um and the tree, the tree's so old. The tree's so old that each, when each new year it blooms, the, the the tendrils of the of the of this flower or the flowering gum just just seem to get a deeper and deeper red. So you know, I park underneath this tree. And it gave me an inspiration for a line many years ago that um, oh, his heart opens up like a flowering gum. It's a bit sentimental, but um, I had that I had that line for many years. Um, before I used it for anything and, and it ended up in this song which is really a, a homecoming song about uh, about my brother who really does live in the United States in Seattle um, you know if anyone's born to live there it's 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 my younger brother he um he loves all that quintessential American stuff you know the baseball and the, and the fast food but uh, he, he loves the music most of all and it was really nice when I was living over there for a while you know, I was living in the east coast, and he was on the west coast. But um, and we love that about America that we that we could you, could you could go to some of those gigs that you always dreamed about going to, and finding some of those records that you always wanted to find in Australia. Um, but he's still there, and I, I, you know, I just, I just, I don't know if he would like to come home. But I just this is a kind of you know, it's a, it's kind of a sentimental idea that he would come home and his heart uh, his heart would open up like a flowering gum. Seattle seemed just far enough away A hillside house with eaves built for the rain When snow falls it still looks like something from the storybook This year we thought it time to visit home All his blood Had drained out Down the phone Just to see The old place To see the look On his mom's face See her eyes open up Eyes open up Eyes open up His family tore itself apart And Melbourne was a 
prison for All the things that he imagined And his heart closes down, heart closes down Just to sit around the table with his brothers and his sister at last And to drag out all his records and to sing our songs when Christmas is past out of the car The light grabbed his shoulders and shook him hard The sunlight electrified each slow step he took up the drive and his heart opens up The next track on my record, maybe then, is probably the strangest one on the album. Um, as I said earlier, I I wrote lots of songs during during the pandemic. They all seemed sort of unrelated to me. I just took an idea and I I just made sure I was pretty disciplined and and made sure I finished them over a couple of days. And I didn't really I didn't really try to tailor anything towards an end game. I just I was just writing for the sake of writing, just to make sure that I was, you know, exercising my brain and and my, and my skills and and trying to um, just get a bunch of songs together that we might that might make an album one day. So this this is another really old idea I had um, and a really strange rhyme scheme that I I, I sort of wrote it as a country song initially, um, and it's. What I do like about this, you know, I talked about Ed Bates talking about song form before. This, what I like about 
if you listen to this rhyme scheme, it's very strange. It's got like a rhyming couplet at the start, and then then there's just a whole then there's just one more rhyme for each verse. So it's I sort of imprisoned myself in this horrible rhyme scheme that was pretty difficult. But but it really suited the idea of the song because the idea of the song is this guy's trapped in this he's having an affair and he's and he's he's trapped himself in a situation and he can't he can't break out of and I wanted that to be reflected in the in the tightness of the rhyme so it's pretty disturbing you you feel like it's it's sort of nightmarish you it, and I and I think that the, the and I think that's what Marcel and Tim Harvey the producers what they did with the music they they made the the music really sort of unsettling as well so yeah it's it's probably the weirdest track on the record um i i just yeah i i really like what they've done with it but um i, I hope you do too it's um it's called this autumn affair <laughs> This autumn affair All is falling down And rotting on the ground Where we are crawling round This isn't love we found I took the truth or dare Of this autumn affair We're just hanging on it won't be too long Till you say it's been fun And I become dear John Finally let the season turn Let the sense return Just like an old man in a new year And I live far away from here Pull winter down on me Bury away my soul We make the perfect pair With our autumn affair But we are not the first It's hopeless and it's cursed It should all just be reversed Before it all gets worse share in this autumn affair is one eye on the clock till April starts to knock like a dry persistent cough the novelty wears off finally let the season turn let the sense return just an old man in a new year I live far away from here Put winter down upon me Bury away my soul All's in disrepair Like this autumn affair Like it's all about to end It's hopeless to pretend that we will meet again Or that we will stay friends 
pointless to care about this autumn affair. The leaves go down in flames, but our blood slowly drains. How can we be blamed? No, I won't be ashamed. Okay, so I, as I mentioned earlier that I was I was in a band called the Warner Brothers that was pretty much playing. We loved American music. That's one the one thing about that band is like you can hear all our influences were 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 American bands or or Australian bands playing American style music like Richard Clapton and the Dingoes, um, Renee Gaya too. We're big fans of Renee Gaya. Uh, that was one happy accident in my life. I did get to write some lyrics for Renee if you want to dig out that song it's called um, My Back Room and it's on the um, Paul Kelly produced album um, Sweet Life so um, this, this track is sort of like a, a nod a tip of the hat to all that all that American music that I love particularly you know little, James Stewart and I we really sort of intersected at, at Little Feet and and the band we played lots of Little Feet songs when we were young and um just love that slide playing of Lol George and just the playful lyrics. You know, I think I think one of the the greatest lyrics, song lyrics of all time would have to be um, Little Feet's Dixie Chicken. If you don't know that song, that's worth digging out. It's, a, <laughs> it's got a very great twist at the end of it and very funny, uh, light-hearted. But the music's yeah, the music's fun too. So um, that, that's sort of what this song is. And I also listen to a lot of JJ Kale. You know, I love that Tulsa sound. I love Leon Russell and JJ and that, that Oklahoma sort of Tulsa thing. So we just wanted something that was a bit lighter. As I said, we just wanted to make this record. Marcel and I wanted to make this record a bit a bit lighter and a bit more accessible and songs that we would have fun playing live. So um, this song is called Promises, Promises, and um, you know, it's, it, it sort of fits that, that bill perfectly of having um, a song that's really fun to play. And I love, I sort of like, really like that. There's a great, I, I love the rhyme promises with premises, that kind of thing. Um, it also, it's also sort of tip my hat at um, my mate James Stewart, my old mate James Stewart from the Warner Brothers, who, he used to write a lot of songs about cars. <laughs> yeah, in, in Stuck in, in a Stuck in Melbourne song, that was probably our best known song, there's a, there's a, there's an EJ that breaks down, and James has got a song called Silver HQ, which is, you know, like a homage to his his HQ Holden. So um, I sort of, I think I might have mentioned, I mentioned HQ in a song, but I, I definitely mentioned a Ford Capri, which which is I know James's most disliked car. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a dip of the lid to that to that song. So this is just a fun one. It's called Promises, Promises. Take 
wake up with my friend My boss is such a jerk, she docks my pay most every time Says if I'm late again, I'm on the unemployment line I Promises, promises, all I get are promises But nothing ever comes of them, cause I'm still on the premises I've got your packs and pledges, don't have no guarantee Oh promises, promises, stop making them To stop the scotch, get off the Guinness too And best give up the smokes or else the ghost by 62 Someone's knocking on my door, ringing my front bell Says if I don't let Jesus in, I'm heading straight to hell oh, Promises, promises, all I get are promises Nothing ever comes of them, cause I'm still on the premises Got your packs and pledges, don't have no guarantee Promises, promises, I'm making them to me The cops keep writing tickets and say they're always tailing me And if they spot my shitbox they'll impound my Ford Capri you said you'll still love me till December 24 But by the 3rd of January, I'll be out the door oh, Promises, promises, all I get are promises But nothing ever comes of them, cause I'm still on the premises I've got your packs and pledges, don't have no guarantee oh, Promises, promises, stop making them to me This is Dan Warner here um, on Dr. Gonzo's great show and this one's introduced by, very uh, chuffed to be invited to introduce some songs from my new record called Maybe Then, uh, released with my band The Night Parrots. We're getting, on, we're getting through them now. Uh, the one thing I was talking about, I was really, really happy to be releasing my first record on vinyl this time, but the problem with that is on a vinyl record you can only... You can only have 20 minutes of music or so, so you've got to you've got to select the songs accordingly. Um, and we did record a couple of extra ones, so a couple of them had to be left off the vinyl. Um, and we kept one as a bonus track for the CD, and we got rid of another one altogether. It's funny. I was listening. I, I was reading an interview about um, the musical Jesus Christ Superstar the other day, where I didn't realise, but it was. It was shopped around as, as a musical idea for a long time by Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber and no one wanted to stage it so they so they produced it so they decided to produce it as a record first and uh, the Tim Rice interview was in this Tim in this interview Tim Rice was saying that well once they were realized they were limited to you know 20 minutes aside of, of two albums they really they really pared it down and made it really tight and so he puts down the success of Jesus Christ Superstar to the fact that it wasn't too long once <laughs> it was put on the stage. And that's just owing to the fact that there's 20 minutes on the side of an album. So 
So that's the case here. I mean, I'm not comparing this to Jesus Christ Superstar by any means, but but I, but we did have to make a similar decision with uh, with the, which which songs went on the on the on the vinyl. And uh, this is one. Give it all. I don't. I think. Don't know why this one. I don't. I just don't think it was. I think it's maybe it's too long. This song. I think we just. I really like the song, but uh, yeah, it, it did make the it did make the CD, but not the vinyl. Um, and it's. This is one of the songs that Marcel and I we've really fiddled with a lot. Like um, we changed the title, we changed the lyrics, um, but eventually we just went back to all. We just went back to all the original ideas, and I, I think it really works well. As a, you know, it's just again, it's pretty accessible. There are three verses that are, you know that are sort of episodic, and and it's just got that. It's a straight up rock and roll chorus. But that hopefully works. This is called Give It All. Don't be shy, walk straight inside. It's dark as sin, but you won't. Locked in You may feel It's right to kneel For Jesus' sake You open up The grave But it's the devil's ear And he wants to hear Hey! Yeah. 
Uh, this is Dan Warner again talking about my new record, Maybe Then. Uh, this is actually the title track from the record. And I'm, I'm kind of glad it ended up being the title track because it was the first song I wrote in this bunch of songs. And that's what I do. I don't, I'm not the sort of person who writes constantly. Uh, my life doesn't work like that. I don't think anyone's life works like that. So in lots of ways, the pandemic was a really good thing for me because... Having all that time at home, having time just to just to write and not have to work or do anything else was was just great for me. But it does take me a while to to get back up to speed. Um, it's for me, it's like getting fit, uh, writing songs. I you know if you if you haven't you know you, you've just had your new New Year's resolution to get fit after you know a big a big holiday period and you know you you fight you struggle you struggle on those first couple of weeks when you you know you're running or riding your bike or whatever you're doing and I found the same here when I was getting back into a, a riding phase and this one I did write if you want to look up one that didn't that, <laughs> if you want to find a, a funny one that was a, a warm-up song for this project it's on YouTube uh, and it's me in my bedroom writing I wrote this song I was just really angry about Trump at the time I think everyone was angry about Trump at the time so I wrote a song called President of the United States and um you know filmed myself singing it and spat it out and put it up on youtube which i don't often do but um if you want to look that up it is there <laughs> and you can see it's someone who's you know sort of warming up to writing again and it's it's wordy and it's i don't know it's angry and it's it's a bit out of control but this song maybe then was the first one that i really felt i was i was getting back to where i should be and funnily enough, it's a song that's that was it's it's a song that's close enough to the to the you know my original way of of writing and playing music or my my original musical loves. Like as I said, I, I loved Dylan when I was growing up and Neil Young and the Dingoes and you know those the kind of softer, uh, folkier music before I hit, hit the rockabilly stages of the 1980s. Um, so it's got it's got an open tuning on the guitar, which. Um, you know, one, one one act I didn't mention before was I, I've also played in a duo called Dan and Al for many years uh, with a guy called Al McInnes. We did long residencies. We had a residency at the uh, at the Great Britain in Richmond for gee, four or five years. We played at the Punners Club, the old Punners Club in, in Fitzroy. We played for eight years on a Sunday. So, you know, we played there. Yeah, it was every Sunday for eight years. And we also played the corner for me near the corner. There was actually a, a, a plaque in the corner hotel uh, with our names on it. We, we played so many gigs there, but uh, they were all, and they were Tuesday night gigs. And with just just me and Al, and, and every every year actually we do a reunion gig at the we still do a reunion gig at the corner. Just and it's just two acoustic guitars, and and we did we did use a lot of open tunings in those days. And we both loved you know Taj Mahal and that that kind of stuff. That 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 is um perfect for open tuning uh your guitar bit of slide playing so this one i just sat down i, I tuned my guitar to a d chord i think and um this one i was really happy with it's just it's i, I look there are a lot of lyrics i wrote heaps of verses for this because i just i was really enjoying you know finding something that i thought was that had merit and i think i wrote 20 verses for it but I'm knowing that Marcel would not accept 20 verses I, I cut it down I cut it down to um, 
I don't know, it must be seven or eight verses. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy that this was the first song I wrote, and it, and it became the title track. And it's and it's we 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 did tool, we we did sort of tinker with it. We tried it with a band, and it sounded it ended up sounding like Led Zeppelin. So we thought, no, let's not do that. And um, in the end, we just went back to the original the original sort of demo sound with this me playing me pl- playing live and and acoustic with an open tuned guitar. And and I think Marcel might have put some played another guitar part over the top but that's pretty much it this is the title song from the record this is called maybe then Hey! 
this is Dan Warner on uh, Dr. Gonzo's show, and this one's introduced by. I'm about to introduce the uh, the final track from my my record. Maybe then it's uh, just come out and will be launched in March, which is exciting. Um, as I said before, I I, re- I really thought of this project as as a vinyl album, and I was really wanted the I really really considered quite deeply the the, uh, the the track listing on the record and I'm I'm just pleased that the that the album sort of starts out on the road with Every Moon is Blue uh, you know, country Victoria um, and it ends it ends on the highway with this song called One Highway Away um, so it's sort of bookended by this character on the road and I think you can hear I think in this last song you can, again you can hear lots of my 70s american musical influences um one more t- and, and also in this track i do give a, a bit of a nod to my old bandmate james stewart uh whose songwriting also influenced me back in the in the early years and i, I reference his song stuck in melbourne but yeah i'm just i just Again, this is, Marcel and I sort of fought about this one. He didn't like this one so much initially because it's it's a, it's quite long and it, it does feel a bit seventies. And but, it, but this ended up being both of one of our favourites on the record because it's again it's got that I think it, it shows what the Night Parrots is and it's 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 very open and it's and it's lyrically it's lyrically hopefully not too heavy but but you can find a way into it and. And it's and it's emotional, and I I just think it's got a, a good chorus, and uh, hopefully it's it's a song that makes you want to put the record on again. Uh, so hopefully hopefully you've enjoyed the, all the record, and uh, hopefully you, you um you know you like this final track. It's called One Highway Away. <laughs> Just one highway 
just one halfway away Ain't that long since we talked on the phone You still make sense our old thread Man is not much more than he remembered And I've tried to kill off everything in my head Now all the ghosts of yesterday living on my porch instead Then I'm moving soon cause they
Well, it's been a pleasure to be with you this evening on uh, this one's Introduced By. Thanks very much, Dr Gonzo, for uh, having me as a guest on the show. It's been nice to talk about the tracks on the record. Um, we're one of those bands. We're not. We're not signed to it. We're not signed to a label or anything. So we we make everything ourselves. <laughs> sell everything uh, mainly through my Bandcamp page. So you can find me easily on Bandcamp. I, I don't know the exact address, but um, just look me up on Bandcamp, and uh, that's sort of our main our main shop front. But uh, if you're in, you know, I don't know if you know if you're if you're in Melbourne. We the record is in you know those record stores that you'd expect it to be in, like Rocksteady and. Uh, Gravel have got it, and all the readings record stores have got it. So, um, yeah, we if you we would love you to go out and buy the record and come and see the band sometime. As I said, we're we're completely independent, so your support means a lot to us. As does does the support of um, community radio stations such as 3CR. So I really appreciate being given the opportunity by Dr. Gonzo just to come in, chat about the record, and hopefully, uh, you know meet some new friends <laughs> through, the, through the through the airwaves um so yeah please if you've liked the tracks go and grab a copy or, or come and see the band uh we're called dan warner and the night parrots and uh, the albums maybe then and we might see you at a gig sometime soon good on you see you thanks to dan warner for his eloquent introductions to the songs on the album maybe then the beautiful sounding album by dan warner and the night parrots Keep an eye out for when Dan Warner plays live somewhere near you. Dan mentioned My Back Room, a song he wrote for Australia's Lady of Soul, Renee Geyer, from her album Sweet Life, released in 1999. Here's that song. Thanks for tuning in to And This One's Introduced By, here on 3CR. And please come back and listen next week. Same time, same place. My back room lies empty now Except a single bed Books that I once read Stand at ease in single file Names and faces in a box Notes on birthday cards Dust and finger marks Just add a year or two and stuff When I'm alone, I know it's been too long And I hear a whispered song coming from my back room It's just you Coming home If we happen to be friends And if there isn't time Go your way and I'll go mine We'll meet again song coming from my back room it's just you coming home
Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr. Gonzo, and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time. Hi, I'm Dan Warner. Please support Community Radio 3CR. Get involved and find out more on the website at 3cr.org.au.